the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Your planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you. At 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Good day to you. Happy March 24th. How you doing? Good weekend, hopefully. To get your calls in the air today, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Another day, another dollar. Uh, today we opened in the green, but came to the red very, very quickly. A lot of people, well, not a lot of people. There's word on the street that feels like it's getting toppier. In large part, company like General Mills, stocks are doing very well. Companies with very low valuations that aren't very sexy, they make cereal. And they make products that go in your kitchen. The IPO market has gotten very hot. King, who makes uh, Candy Crush, come in public. A lot of people are looking at that and going, not, not good. It's not a substantial company but that really helps society or that... that really generates a lot of GDP-type positive growth. Um, so a lot of people look at that. Biotech's taken a smoking recently. So there's some signs out there that hot and sexy momentum is not doing terribly well. So again, we have the S&P 500 down 5, the Dow's down fractions, the NASDAQ down 29. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about Herbalife, the nutritional product maker. Um, who does very well overseas, are they a Ponzi scheme or not? That's, you know, when you get your friends and family to buy products from you. Uh, anyway, you get the idea that that's a little bit sketchy. Um, but Carl Icahn's got a couple more seats on the board of directors. So bringing his total to five, he's their largest shareholder with a 16.8% um position, and the United States government has talked about, we're looking into Herbalife to see if they are or not a Ponzi scheme. Um, you can be a club, that doesn't have to mean that you're a Ponzi scheme, but other nations are going to look into Herbalife as well, clearly. New Skin Enterprises has been fined more than $500,000 by China regulators for illegal product sales and misleading consumers. Newskin said it is correcting all the issues involved and knows no other material enforcement actions against it in China. So Newskin, very similar. You know, one of those club kind of things where you get your friends and families to buy product from you. And you have to pay to become, quote-unquote, a distributor. 
Lionsgate, they had a big weekend. Um, the next Hunger Games, Divergent, it topped the weekend with $56 million, uh, second biggest opening behind the Lego movie of the year. So you're seeing Lionsgate stock tick, tick, tick a little bit higher. Uh, again, you know, the dream is you get three to four movies out of a, a project at this point in time, and it gets new eyeballs all the way along. Um, Yelp, the online review site shares were upgraded to outperform over at JMP Securities. Yelp is positioned to enjoy continued strong revenue growth and margin expansion. Yelp, to me, is the yellow pages of the 21st century. So whether it's uh, in that you're staying at, whether it's, you know, food, Yelp in a very, very good position with mobile to help you make decisions. You can go to any city in the United States, pull up your Yelp account, and uh, see what, what food's considered good or you know, not so much. Interesting story out there today on Apple. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that the company is in talks with NBC Universal parent Comcast for a streaming television service that would bypass web congestion. Separately, parents at Apple shares could climb 20% in the next 12 months, boosted by the next version of the iPhone. So two positives hitting Apple this morning. For the record, I own shares of Apple. Um, let's take a quick look at some of this. Let's see how Apple's doing today. Uh, that's a pretty big Obviously, if they can get a deal with Comcast, whew, that would be huge. Apple's up 6 today, so at 539. So... Who else has the clout, the financial clout, to land a Comcast? Probably not anyone. Depends on terms of the deal. Maybe Microsoft. But, I don't know. Are Microsoft products cool? Cool enough? So those are some of the top stories out there today. Um, gold's a loser. So in an interest rate environment where the Fed looks like they're raising interest rates, I can't come up with a reason that you would want to own gold. Um, unless you really want to play along with the ones of you're thinking everything's going to go to heck in a handbasket pretty aggressively on Wall Street. The fuel cell companies, um, you know, green energy, always going to be in the news. Um, this weekend there was an oil spill, uh, 25th anniversary of Exxon Valdez. And, you know, moving oil is difficult. Whether you move it in a, a truck, whether you move it in a tanker, whether you move it in a barge, whether you move it in a pipeline, whether you move it via train, it's flammable, and it it's, makes mistakes, so it's not very forgiving. So you're going to keep hearing about things like fuel cell and plug power and ballard-powered systems and first solar. So green energy, kind of one of those themes of investments. Uh, one other stock that I'm seeing out there today that's kind of interesting, um, say Jude Medical. They rose today after the medical device company said the FDA approved its new pa- newest pacemakers. Um, you know, there's a couple companies out there that, can make pacemakers, you know, improved, and they're a pretty big player, and it's a play on the aging of the baby boomers, and it's a play on the, we're going to live longer, and more of it, more of us are going to have artificial parts put in our body. So it's just going to happen that way, right? Netflix is in the news today. Um, not really for any reason, but their stock's down 5%. Uh, that's one of those stocks that has been a wild high flyer. So they're down 19 today. Sitting at 386.61. What's interesting is, you know, Reed Hastings is getting in the news more and more. And he's CEO of Netflix. And he's calling on ISPs to allow free network connections. Um, Hastings, you know, he speaks 
his mind. Uh, he's quite a serious talker. He said broadband companies should have to allow content providers like Netflix to connect to their networks without having to pay a fee, any fees. He said rules uh, need to be strengthened so that ISPs such as AT&T and Comcast don't restrict influence and otherwise meddle with the choices consumers make. Um, it's interesting, right? Uh, he wants to decide what telco companies, how they do business, because he's a content. And it does go back to that whole world of argument of which came first, you know, uh, content or the roads that content travels on. You know, some people think content's king. Some people think that in the delivery mechanisms uh, should be interesting. Well, I don't know. It's, I don't think anyone's going to win this battle today, right? So Netflix has more than 33 million video streaming subscribers in the United States, so that's considerable. It's to the point where they're going to have to start raising fees, and uh, they're starting to get, let's just put it this way, I think everyone knows Netflix who possibly wants to use Netflix. doesn't mean they don't jump out and start using them, but you get the idea. So last week, Russia defied warnings and went ahead and next Crimea. Uh, Fed Chair Janet Yellen defied expectations, dropped a thought bomb on when she was going to quantify or what she would quantify as an extended period, considerable period. Trading volume was weak. Uh, China's manufacturing PMI disappoints this morning. That's probably, let's move the market slightly lower. That's got some speculation. Stimulus measures are going to be unleashed by Beijing. On top of that, biotech stocks um, are weighing on the healthcare sector. Sectors that are doing well today, consumer staples, energy, financials, industrials, materials, utilities, weakness seen in consumer discretionary, healthcare, and telco. Let's take a break here. Got a big event coming up Thursday night. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's in Santa Clara at the Marriott. I'm going to be talking dividends. Chad's going to be talking wealth and retirement planning income strategies. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, invested in more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. We can talk about how to save your 401k. We can talk about how to find good stocks that pay good dividends. Um, I just heard a commercial for a guaranteed 12 to 14% return, be careful. Uh, typically when that type of thing happens, it's tied towards an annuity, and it's not a guaranteed 12 to 14% return. It's a 12 to 14% of your own assets come back to you. So, and you could do that. You can give yourself a 100% return and make a commercial for it. Be very, very cautious. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, markets and Apple, oh, hold on, markets in China. So China shows some bad economic data, and they stimulate. And ultimately, that seems to be driving the U.S. markets a little bit higher. 
The S&P 500 down 5 today. The Dow's down fractions. The NASDAQ down 32. Joining us now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com, talking real estate, talking lending. Um, just got an email, Tony, from a property manager on one of my rentals, and she asked the question, your lease is expiring in June. Um, great time to release your home. The tenant would like to stay until December 31. That's when her retirement has been delayed to. It puts me in a dilemma. It puts me in a yeah. quandary, right? Well, you're in a good position to begin with because you're using a property manager who can help you, say, give you some statistics. What are the percentages, uh, or is it higher percent chance I'm going to rent in June than in December? Probably more in June than in December because people are starting to shuffle things around for the summer, sure. finding schools and families, things like that. Although people might be out for summer. So this is some questions that you're going to want to ask your your. Keep in mind, this is a single-family single home. Yeah. Um, it's not luxurious. It's probably not going to attract a family as much as it's going to attract independent professionals who might want a roommate kind of scenario. Um, now, on the other hand, I have a rental. My lease has always, for the last nine years, has been up on February 1st. Okay. Uh, I haven't had any problems renting on okay. February 1st. So it's all about your property manager. Since it's out of the state, it's something that you have to rely on that property manager to give you the right information. So I would recommend you just talk to them and figure out what the percentages are for success. This is a rental in Raleigh, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And every time you look at the fastest growing cities in America, every time you look at the lowest unemployment, it's in Raleigh. Yep. You know, it's a name that constantly pops up. May, mm -hmm. Seattle, Oklahoma City, um, Houston, Austin, uh, Denver. All the cities where young people are going to. So I'm thinking, and again, this is it, that's the damnation game. I'm thinking I could probably rent it. I, I love the tenant. She's been no problems, no poop on the walls, no marijuana, no. Here, here's the other side of the email, and I, I can see it here, saying that she's she her retirement's been pushed out. So now, if you kick her out in, in June, she has to find a place temporarily for six months. Yeah. Um, at the same time. Um, she may want to re renew the lease in December after she retires. So there's some things you may, you may want to have them talk to the to your renter and see if there's uh, you know some something you can compromise. Maybe say you know what we'll renew it for two years and see what she says. Yeah. So there are some options that you can do here. And here's the other angle that I don't like at all is my property manager is contacting me saying like hey look I know that I get a whole month of rent every time I put a new person in. She's not I mean. They're not that, but there is a little bit of that going on. There's a little bit. I mean, they're definitely in, in the business to make money. Yeah. And keeping the houses rented, are, it's going to produce cash flow yeah. for them. Yeah. And see, I'm thinking, do I have more money this June? Do I have more money at Christmas? Because when that tenant goes out, new paint, new, a lot of things are going to go into it to improve it. Uh, well, there's another thing to consider as well. If, if you renew it, are you going to raise your rent? If you get a new renter, That's can you true. raise the rent? That's true. I gave this woman a sweetheart deal on the rent when the economy was stuck. she wants to stay then. Yeah. yeah. So I could easily charge an extra $200, $400 a month. You know, uh, Raleigh's uh, been on the top of the list as far as rents. Uh, one of the stats that I look at is uh, rental uh, multifamily construction in the United States, and Raleigh hit the top of the list in the top three. Yeah. Um, there was a huge percentage increase in the construction of rental apartments. Um, so there's a need for rents, rentals. In, you know yeah. that the, what is it called, the uh, triangle there? Yeah. It's called technology triangle or something like that? Yeah. And, and you're not too far from there. So you have a desirable property, and you're near the freeway. Right. So there's some good things that you have about the property that can command more rent. So I, this is a tough one for me. 
you got a lady who wants to retire. You've had her in there for a while. You're going to screw her over basically if you kick her out. I'm not screwing her over. I'm getting her below market rent. At the same time, you could rent, you know turn around and rent it. It's a, what do you want to do? What BMR. Do BMR. I just made up a term. Although other people use that term. Be be nice. What? Uh, below market rent. Uh, below market rent. Okay. Uh, so. ASAP. BMR. RB. Call me. DM. Um, so you know one of the reasons I bought in Raleigh? Explain it. I, I know why, but go ahead and... Because the girls there are 18. Oh, okay. I'm 18. I love that. I'm but pretty it, sure my answer would have been quite a bit different. You know, uh, it's fantastic. Every time I go back to North Carolina and visit, it's 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 culture shock because they have grits at the restaurants. Grits. And um, I figured out why they lost the Civil War in the South. Because they talk really slowly. They think of a bagel. I'd like a bagel and cheese. And they're like, you want to eat a dog with cheese? And they're like, I'm going to go get your breakfast for you. And that's how the, the North took them over. They just, they're taking too long to <laughs> they explain. They to death, right? No. While they were trying to explain that the soldiers were, you know, a mile away, the soldiers were in Marty Marched on them. So, anyway. Um, Raleigh, North Carolina, Durham, uh, the, the research well, And that was a good investment strategy that you pulled. I mean, we were talking about this for several months, uh, places in the United States to, to uh, buy rental properties. Yeah. Again, it's something that I've talked about people here as Bay Area prices have gone up. What are some of the alternatives for people who want to still get into real estate? There's rents are going up all across the nation, and there's still good opportunities in many, many cities there's across no, the United States. There's no shame renting here and buying a rental somewhere else. We, we had a 1031 exchange guy on the other day explain why buying rental properties makes sense. As soon as, you, know, you have somebody else paying off your real estate, and then you we'll can talk transfer. About, yeah, yeah, we'll let's say that, for that another day. I mean, it's, there's, there's many reasons why you buy rental property. But I, first-time owners, property management, because they'll answer questions like that for you. Absolutely, and um, that ties that up in a nice little bow. It's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. He is a mortgage lender. He is my mortgage lender. He's done numerous mortgages for me. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, One of the more interesting stories of the day is Twitter. Uh, Their music service is going to be no more. So that's one area that they got into didn't work out for them in any way, shape, or form. The app debuted as the fifth most downloaded app overall. It was number one in the music category, but a month later, it had already started to lose steam. You can find me online at robblack.com. Big event coming up this Thursday evening, 6.30 to 9 in Santa Clara at Santa Clara Marriott. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Take care. We'll have a short break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Retirement issues, taxes, investing, debt issues. These are all financially oriented, right? 
how you save, how you spend, how are you going to afford to pay for your kid's college, insurance a big one, you have to make your assets grow for you. One of the things I like to say is, you know, you've got a career, and whatever your income is, you've got 40 years to make it work and to leave your financial footprint. And that's about all I can throw at you, you know? I'm always looking for ways that my money can now start making money. I know that I make money by going to work every day and putting on my work clothes, right? But when you buy a stock like an AT&T and it pays you a dividend of 5%, your $100 that you've saved now makes $5 a year for you. That's not too shabby. Now, corporate America is flush with cash right now, and they're pumping record amounts of cash into our pockets through dividends. Will it be sustainable? A lot of blue-chip companies have ample room to continue raising their dividends. This is something I'm going to be talking about Thursday night at the event in Santa Clara Sheraton. Um, I'm going to be talking about payout ratios. Percentage of annual earnings paid out in dividends is expected to be about 34% for the S&P 500 stock index. I went through 120, 130 stocks and was looking at their dividends and where they're at. And I don't care about the name of the company. I care about some of the data that you can see on the company. The main reason to buy a stock is for capital gains for a lot of people. But if share price appreciation slows or ever reverses its course, you know, those dividends, they, they make up a lot of the big return in the S&P 500 over time. So dividends have a tax advantage. The top rate for income tax in America is 43.4%. For dividends, 23.8%, which is pretty substantial, right? We have a very high tax system in the United States. So Verizon is a stock that I like, um, very much so. It's a high-yield champ for investors who want current income with yield well above their SP 500's average of 2%. So very similar to what you see from AT&T. So United Telecom Giant has really uh, offered great dividend growth. Both raised their payouts modest 15% since 2008 compared with 29% of the overall S&P 500. Uh, McDonald's is a dividend stock. A lot of you probably don't think of it, you know, as, hey, you think of it, hey, it's fast food, and there's that trend where people aren't going out to, well, it's not like McDonald's is going out of business, but there is definitely a trend where people are trying to improve the quality of food that they put in their bodies, um, especially younger people. So McDonald's always has to reinvent itself, and sometimes they do it better than others, but they have a dividend yield of 3.4%. And, you know, these multinational consumer stocks, uh, like McDonald's or another one, Coca-Cola, Procter & Gamble, I'm not saying that they're all pretty similar, but there's some similarities. So McDonald's sales growth has slowed markedly over the past two years, and so have earnings. The pace of dividend increases has also slowed from 15% in 2011 to 10% in 2012 and just 5% last year. Stock's gone nowhere in the last couple of years. Um... Probably because of that. One of my favorite dividend stocks, and this makes me a bad person, I know, uh, Philip Morse. So, annualized five-year dividend rate growth 
rate of about 11.7%. Current yield about 4.7%. But as an investor, you have to set aside your social concerns. Filipino shares offer you know, current high yield with hefty dividend growth potential. The dividend has more than doubled since mid-2008, leaving Philip Morris the number two maker of cigarettes outside the United States. The only one that's bigger is a state-owned China National Tobacco. Now, again, there's some spending on some reduced risk products coming like e-cigarettes for Philip Morris, so they have to continue to try to reinvent themselves and spend money on making product and not necessarily always giving it back to you. This is a big industry, and to me, Philip Morris International still is a cash generating machine, and shareholders' desire for rising dividends of the long term, it should have a above-average current yield and strong dividend growth prospects for the foreseeable future. So those are some of the stocks that I've set aside to talk about on Thursday evening. Again, the event is at the Marriott, and you can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. And CFP Chad Burton, for his part, he takes a a slightly different direction. Um, He's more so into the talking about, well, he's a financial planner first and foremost. I'm not. Uh, He goes into a little bit more detail on, a lot of detail, um, on the you know, retirement income needs. You really want to make sure that you're tax efficient in retirement. You want to do what you can to maximize Social Security benefits. Uh, you want to reduce the risk of outliving your savings as much as possible. I know it's not totally possible, but it's it would be tragic for you to you know hit 80 and still have big cash needs and not have assets there. So you need to estimate your retirement expenses before you stop working. Otherwise, you just continue to work which is kind of a tragedy, and I talk about this on a regular basis, is um, some of you, your best financial plan will be to work until the day you die. Um, I hate that. It, it hurts me to say that out loud. It makes me feel bad. Um, by reducing, having money come in, even if you're working at Home Depot, which... I guess this is kind of funny. This weekend, uh, uh, I did some painting, and I got some paint at a paint store, Sherwin-Williams, and uh, no, Kelly Moore, Kelly Moore. And I just got a small little pint, going to Home Depot to get a a quart gallon later, a gallon, and uh, the guy laughed at me. He's like, ah, get your quart at the expensive store, come here and get the... The cheap stuff. I'm like, not really. It's the fact that you're open and they're not. Uh, but he, he recognized me from my work in television, and I thought that was cute, you know, getting a rap like that. Get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. So, again, the big event this Thursday evening, Santa Clara, uh, the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar. So it's 6.30 to 9, 6.30 to 9, and uh, bring your questions. If you bring a copy of your portfolio, leave it with me. I'll, I'll get you some feedback. It's very helpful if you give me some information about you, your age, your income, your assets, your liabilities, your time frame, your goals. But um, I will get that back to you. So the headlines today are a little on the dramatic side. Um, I find that 
make my job a little easier. Uh, when you take a look at the headlines, you would imagine this is going to be just a, a smoking good day. Cisco's going to get into cloud services. Like, wow, that's a big headline. They want to better compete against Amazon. So they plan to offer cloud computing as a platform service to corporate customers, pledging to spend a billion dollars in the next two years to enter into a market led by Amazon. Um, Cisco's kind of got a problem. They're too big to grow. And they seem to be missing a couple trends. They're joining some trends late. So it's a company that had a great past, but they're trying desperately to figure out where their future is and to convince Wall Street that they know. Uh, to say the stock has been lackluster is a, you know understatement. Cisco says Spinning will go towards building up data centers to help run the new services called Cisco Cloud Services. It's also going to rely on computer rooms operated by partners. Uh, business customers, Cisco, said that they can rely on the computing horsepower for information technology tasks, such as keeping tabs on customer orders and letting employees access their work computers from any Internet-connected machines. Cisco built its business, which has about $49 billion in annual revenue, largely on selling equipment that funnels data among servers in corporate computing hubs and between these, those machines on the Internet. Amazon is best known for their online retail operations, but they're a big cloud company, huge. And, you know, Amazon Web Services pulls in $3 billion or more in annual revenue right now, and the cloud gets bigger. The services get more deep. Each dollar that a company spends on Amazon Web Services replaces 3 to $4 spent on old technology information services, the more traditional type. Um, a lot of Amazon's customers are web startups that never bothered to build their own computing operations, and that cost. Cisco and some other rivals are focusing a little bit more on the big companies and government agencies, whereas Amazon will do business with, you know, a three-man startup. So it's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Will Cisco ever reinvent themselves? Will Rob ever stop talking about dividend stocks? Tune in today and more on As Rob's World Turns. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. We can talk about that Comcast Apple story. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's Rob. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. And iHeart Radio Station. So some high beta stocks today are getting hit pretty aggressively. And these are stocks that are momentum stocks. Whether it be the biotech ETFs down 3%, Facebook down 4%, Twitter down 5%, Netflix off 6%, Tesla down 5%. That's just a small sampling. A lot of people are starting to have some developing problems with the IPO market. Online food ordering service Grubhub is expected to boost the size of its IPO phrase up to $177 million, up from its current $100 million estimate as of late February. Grubhub was created by the merger of Seamless and Grubhub. The deal was announced as a merger when the two got together. Uh, a key metric for the company's growth is active diners, which are the number of unique users that have placed an order in the last 12 months. By the end of the last year, it had up to $3.4 million from the start of the year of 986,000. I've never used Grubhub. 
Um, but the company posted revenue of $137 million, up in one year, 67%. Profit, though, is down, but you don't expect a lot of these companies to have to make money. But it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, it doesn't it seem like everyone out there has an app? <laughs> I've got an app. I built it when the stock market was getting hit. Yeah. Uh, not that impressive, right? So Nokia deal with Microsoft not closed on time. Uh, the people at Microsoft had to be upset that Nokia came out with a great phone for Microsoft, but then also came out with a great phone based on Android as well. So that was almost kind of embarrassing. Each calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. The Detroit Tigers offered a six-year, $144 million deal for Max Scherzer. It would have made him the seventh-highest-paid pitcher in baseball, and he turned it down. At the end of the year, he wants to go and do free agency. He thinks he could get a bigger contract, is the thought. The Detroit Tigers kind of threw him under the bus, and, you know, saying the offer was rejected. It went on to say that the team wants to focus on the season and that there will be no more in-season negotiations with Scherzer. $24 million a year, the offer was comparable to what other pitchers are getting, but not the $32.2 million that you know, the Dodgers gave Clayton Kershaw. Um, it's probably ridiculous to think that Scherzer thinks that he deserves more, um, but his gift is a free market. Hopefully, for his sake, he doesn't get hurt this season. Or the Tigers just have a really bad season, and his value will go down. If he gets rocked, if the Tigers start putting him in for innings that he shouldn't be in for because, you know, the extra cost of, you know, what he did to them. I don't know. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Again, this is we're dealing with a market that's really starting to focus on some issues that are important. Good. Uh, you know, I'm looking at another IPO today. Souk, a Dubai-based e-commerce site, that raised 75 million. Uh, that's a milestone for e-commerce in a region traditionally averse to transacting online. Interesting. It's the, it's the nervousness of the IPOs that I. I I get, I get, because, you know, we keep seeing these IPOs and costs. Um, it, it has a feel very similar to 2000. You know, an e-commerce site raising $100 million that we've never even heard of. Um, the Internet, back in the 90s, you know, there was companies like Pets.com, which were pretty famous, infamous, and they probably shouldn't have come public. With that said, they did. Um, there's a lot of biotech companies that are a little different than the biotech bubble that we've seen in the past. And what I mean by that, and it's not fair of me to, you know, not give you the opinion, just to give you a, a bland statement, but biotech companies used to kind of go it on their own. And now to get to where they are, they've struck so many deals with bigger players in the pharmaceutical world. So they're almost kind of like the farm team. Um, so they're a little more robust. Now keep in mind, biotech stocks are the one stock that I don't talk a lot about on the air because it's all science, and that's very, very difficult until they get to real product, 
when a company's developing a product, they're a developing company, you don't get very much, you don't know. You know, everyone who's developing a cure for cancer, you know, which one's going to get it? So the ones that don't won't survive, right? So the underperformance day of biotech has got the markets concerned. The falling out of the wagon on some high beta stocks, it's very healthy for the market. I don't think anyone thinks that Tesla should be at an all-time high every day. Get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. China faces, uh, finds new skin, and that stock's up huge today. Probably because the fine wasn't as deep or it didn't shut down business. Um, but New Skin Financial, sticker symbol NUS, they were fined 540000 in China for selling items illegally and making product claims that it couldn't verify. Six sales employees were also fined 240000 for unauthorized promotional activities. It's a Provo-based company, but they're up huge in large part because the government didn't shut them down. Interesting, right? Um, so this is some kind of coil action going on there. Get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. The central bank was a big story last week. Not so much this week. We're now starting to move into the end of March, so April's going to bring earnings season. March hasn't had three up days in a row, and yet still up for the month. It's an interesting market. 800-516-1220. Big event coming up in Santa Clara at the Marriott Thursday evening. It's Dividend Achievers, as well as Income and Retirement event. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Free Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Last week, we had a pretty dramatic week, and the market still did okay. Um, Russia defied some warnings. Fed Chair Janet Yellen defied some expectations. The Chinese saw their biggest weekly decline in their currency since 1992. You also have it's the end of the quarter, and mutual funds are starting to rebalance uh, to make it look like they knew where all the winners were. Europe hasn't been as sanguine. Uh, as we could have thought. That's positive. Uh, we're not melancholy in any way, shape, or form. With that said, the SP 500 is down 15, the Dow is down 64, the NASDAQ is down 80. Um, Herbalife is in the news today. Carl Icahn's getting a couple more seats on the board of directors there. One thing about Herbalife is that, you know, are they or not a Ponzi scheme? But they're up 3%, uh, 5% today on that news. Um, also, take a look at some of the, you know, other business stories of the day. New Skin Enterprise is up huge, up 20 plus percent. Basically, China regulators punished New Skin, but they didn't shut them down. Divergent is up large for Lionsgate. The movie studio's Divergent topped the weekend box office with $56 million in North American ticket sales. Yelp's a winner today. Uh, they got a nice upgrade. Uh, Yelp, one of the Web 2.0 type of companies, 
that really, after its IPO, it, it wasn't really working. And then Facebook said, you know, we're going we're gonna to figure out this mobile thing. And that helped get those stocks off to the races. Symantec was upgraded today. It's an antivirus software company. Um, I don't know. So they ousted their CEO last week, and maybe it's time to sell the company. Maybe that's what the board's thinking, because he was going to help turn around the company. So Wall Street's instantly jumping on that one, saying, you know, something's going to happen here. Hormel, J.M. Smuckers, Pinnacle Foods, amongst all companies interested in buying Unilever's Ragu brand, uh, could be worth about $2 billion. Apple, in the news today, the Wall Street Journal reported that the company's in talks with NBC Universal, Comcast, for a streaming television service that would bypass web congestion. Uh, Barron's also talked a little bit about Apple and said the stock could jump 20% in the next 12 months, boosted by the next version of its iPhone. I have not read that article. I should have read that article this weekend. Uh, slacked off a little bit yesterday. General Motors, they're in the news. Federal regulators are reportedly looking into whether GM committed bankruptcy fraud back in 2009. New York Times says the probe centers on whether GM disclosed its problem with defective ignition switches in that filing. What's interesting to note about GM is, will they hold? The stock is under pressure. It's got a lot of support right at 3435. It's right now at 3440. So when the government's investigating you, it's typically not a good thing. As Martha Stewart once found out, the government's more than willing to get in a protracted long fight, and uh, you're not going to win. Twitter is shutting down its music service less than a year after its service launched. It's removing the app from Apple's iTunes store, and current users will be able to use it until April 18th. I saw some statistic that was just fun on Twitter. It talked about, and this is a, a this is a flag. This is a negative. Only 11% of new Twitter users in 2012 are still tweeting. So Twitter's eighth birthday recently came out. Twitter released a nifty tool that lets you travel back in time to you know find the first tweet that you ever sent. First tweet's the easiest to find. Getting users to send follow-up tweets obviously a little bit tougher. So there's a website that monitors Twitter account activity, and they said about 40% of the 20 million accounts that are registered on Twitter each month send at least one tweet the month they sign up. But by the time the Twitter celebrates its ninth birthday, top charts estimates only a quarter of this accounts will still be tweeting. So 75% fall off. Sign up for the service. Tweet. So it's not very sticky. That data illustrates the difficulty in getting users to be active participants on the service, underscoring the bigger issue of user retention versus, you know, the next new app that comes out that gets people's minds. Twitter can get, you know, Twitter can target advertisers to, you know, buy their, their users. They're going to advertisements and, hey, look, look at this, this user we have. Uh, a lot of data there. A lot of data. Data. <laughs> to date, about 1.5 billion Twitter accounts have been registered, uh, of which only about 955 million still exist today. But only 13% of those have tweeted in the last 30 days. So Twitter usage, problematic. Uh, that's not good for the stock. So 
that and them ending their music service uh, tells you not everything that they touch turns to gold. Groups calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Manufacturing slowed in the U.S. There was a preliminary report released um, on a business gauge. Any number above 50 is considered expansion. Any number below 50 is considered contraction. And the number fell 57.1 to 55.5. The forecast was for higher. So the question is, you know, how much of this is weather-related? We've seen, you know, some evidence that the sector has shrugged off the weather, with strong demand encouraging firms to expand and hire new staff at a robust pace. So we're paying attention to that. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. The manufacturing report out of China was real ugly, and markets held up inside of it. This is, you know, second largest economy in the world. Weakness is broadly based with domestic demand softening further. Wall Street didn't panic because there's some fine-tuned policy coming out of China. Two real estate developers were permitted to refinance in the A-share market. The first case is nearly four years. The chance of aggressive policy easing remains very low. So expect a combination of modestly easier liquidity conditions and modestly faster infrastructure investment. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Interesting story on the, whoa, where was it? It's the Wall Street Journal. No. Um, oh, it's the New Republic. Interesting story about ageism in Silicon Valley. It's so bad that everyone wants to be a young engineer. Even young people are now getting Botox. The older people, they have to make it look like they still have good skills, but they also have to still look good. So ageism hitting Silicon Valley in a funny way. Again, 20-year-olds need to look like they're breaking edge. 40-year-olds need to look like they're 20-year-olds so that they don't get prejudged on, you know, they're too old for that, that, that position. Got an email from... A man named Howard, he says, the past 10 years, I tried day trading and lost close to $250,000. I only have 50000 left, and I'm scared. I want to invest it, but don't want to lose my principal. I'm 65 years old, in good health, living on Social Security, about $2,000 a month. What would you suggest? I wish we had a time machine, and I wish you would have listened to me 10 years ago, because day trading is not easy. I don't know one person who's successful at it. I don't know one person who's turned 250000 into a million, but... I guess now know one person who at least lost $250,000 doing it. I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to email him with some ideas, but he's not in a good position. Think of it coming up. Santa Cruz. AM 1220. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You're listening to AM 1220 KDOW. 
money investing, and more. It's interesting. Um, Cisco announces a billion-dollar push to you know go after Amazon on the cloud, and you take a look at Cisco's stock, and they're in a problem. They don't really have enough growth to satisfy investors who want growth stocks. They don't really have enough value to satisfy people who want the value stocks. Um, what do they do with their cash? It's, it's, they announced the billion-dollar you know push into the cloud. Most didn't budge. Didn't find it interesting at all. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The S&P 500 is down 13. The Dow is down 57. The NASDAQ down 73. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Tony, do you remember the movie Gung-Ho? Uh, Gung-Ho with um, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton, 1986. Um, it was all about the Japanese coming to the United States and helping our automakers learn how to make cars better. We taught them how to drink beer and burp and how to play softball. Hilarity ensued. The tight Japanese management versus the loose American blue-collar worker. Um, I bring that up. Do you know why? Tell me. Because in the 80s, there was this big fear that Japan was going to buy all of New York. They bought a big building in New York. They bought the Seattle Mariners. The Seattle Mariners. How dare they buy an American tradition? Right? Yeah. What happened to Japan in the 90s? We, they were this economic superpower in the 80s. Right. In the 90s, they fell apart, and America became the economic superpower. We, we, we hand the batons off from time to time, and things change. But there was also this fear that Japan was going to buy all of our real estate, which is hilarious. Because just recently, China spent an enormous amount of money. They bought $725, $725 billion? Holy mackerel, what was that number? Um, they spent an enormous amount of money buying a piece of real estate in New York, the J.P. Morgan Tower, 60-story building. So there's the, this fear, is China going to be buying, or is China the next Japan? And, and um, it wasn't just big buildings. It was uh, single-family residences, especially here in the Bay Area. There was a realtor down in San Jose said that they there was one block that they had the uh, foreign investor came in and bought um, several homes that were in foreclosure, didn't even move into the homes, and then turned around and sold them at the, uh, recently. So, yeah, there was a big push of foreign investors in the United States. You know, the United States is one of the few countries in the world that a foreign investor can own property in. And it's in, and one of the reasons is it's, it's helping our real estate boom again. But those investors are drying up right now. That's one of the reasons why we've seen a stagnant uh, um Home sales growth and home price growth right now. So $725 million will get you a Manhattan office building with 60 stories. Just in case you're wondering if you have basically three-quarters of a billion dollars lying around and you want to throw it out there. Um, again, I bring this up because things have changed a lot, and we always forget that. We always live in the now, and we live in the last three years. But, uh, you know, gung-ho. You know, who was the World Series champions in 1986? Uh, probably the Tigers. Or it's going to make you... Wax nostalgic. It was the New York Mets where Bill Buckner booted the ball. Okay. Um, the Boston Celtics were big in tennis. Uh, Yvonne Lindell, the NCAA football champions, Penn State. The hottest model was Christy Brinkley. Like, that's pretty crazy stuff. Um, and again, real estate will work in another cycle again. The U.S. economy will work through another cycle again. We won't always be the best of the best. Some people would say that it's time for Europe to wake back up and be dominant. Um, so 
throw your investment dollars not where the real estate's being bought now or who it's being bought by now, but where the area's been struggling sometimes is the right concept. Um, you know, 2013 is going to be remembered as the government shutdown year, but it's also going to be remembered as the European stock market's had a pretty good year, even though the European zone, the European Union, is mired in, you know, sub-zero percent growth or zero percent to almost, you know, fractions. Um, so don't pay attention to now. Pay attention to where the ball's going. You know who made that famous, right? Bob Uecker, who knows? They say Wayne Gretzky changed hockey because he said, don't skate to where the puck is, skate to where the puck's going. And if you've ever played pickup hockey, um, it's exhausting. I mean, you skate, you skate, you skate, you skate, you finally get the puck and some jerk pushes it to the other side of the rink, so you skate, you skate, you skate, you skate. So you got to figure out where it's going. Anyway, same thing in real estate, same thing with investing. That's Tony Mendez. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Fascinating article that I picked up in the New Republic over the weekend and talked about ageism. And again, it, it comes to a core understanding of what, you know, this is all about. Ageism on engineers, and I think this is fair to say that, you know, what they're teaching today in computer science classes, very different than 10 years ago, very different than 20 years ago. So a lot of people who are middle-aged, they don't want to get in front of a young board, you know, like a Zuckerberg, where he ain't got no wrinkles. You know, he has to stay relevant to that guy who's younger now. And a lot of people are going to their doctors and getting Botox. It's crazy. A lot of young people are getting Botox because they still want to look like, I'm so cutting edge, you know, I'm a baby. And obviously, in the world of technology, the more recent you got your computer science degree, the better. I mean, again, I'm not saying that completely, but you get the idea. It's a lot of ageism. Ageism is illegal. But, you know, at one company, for instance, uh, a consultant took a survey, and one of the results was, we don't want anybody's parents in here. It's too weird to have someone as old as my parents reporting to me. Um, and again, illegal, but it's also a truth. It's, it's happening out there. So how do you stay relevant? I think one of the best things you could do is continually get education. Um, you know, I see a lot of financial planners who've never updated their business model, and they're selling a lot of bad product, a lot of bad product. Um, so ageism, and you can't really afford to have ageism hit you, whether you, it's good or bad. It's, it's bad. Anytime, anything that slows down your career, remember, you only work from age 20 to 60 in my world, Anything that slows down your ability to earn and save money, it retards your financial growth. And that's a little bit, you don't want that. So my brother Clint ran into some ageism. He, uh, you know, a large part of his career was coding in Saudi Arabia. And then 9-11 hit, and it wasn't really good for Americans to be there. Uh, so he came back to the States, and you know, he had to go get all new skills had to go back to college to make himself relevant to being hired. Big event coming up at Santa Clara Marriott, Thursday night, 6.30 to 9, 6.30 to 9. It is a 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar. I'm going to be talking about dividend stocks. CFP Chad Burton will be talking about tax-efficient investing, Social Security, outliving your savings. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's this Thursday at robblack.com. Yeah, 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.